Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 122. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And this week's episode is Bring Me Back to My Roots. That's right. The very first people I got to interview were all bands, all musicians. Did that in college radio. Quick plug, KCSU. Go to kcsufm.com. They are still kicking. They are still one of the premier college radio stations in the country. Now, interviewing bands and interviewing musicians is an interesting task for a college kid. Because, number one, you need some reps. You need some at-bats. You you need some experience interviewing people. And this is a great way to do it. Bands and musicians are looking for publicity. And you have a forum. You have a venue. In the case of KCSU, we had a great venue. But a band has been interviewed roughly a zillion times by a million uncreative college kids. Kids who don't know what they're doing. Kids who don't know how to structure an interview or be evocative of their guests. And you learn in a hurry. There are bands who will come in and be like, my God, I can't believe I'm answering this question about my influences again. It's like there are opportunities to ask that question in a different way. There are different angles at which to approach certain interview subjects and tired ones, ones that come up all the time. There are interesting ways to broach that. And if you're paying attention and you're good at it and you care and you listen You will get better at it, and you will become a good interviewer. So, this week's episode brings me back to my roots. My guest is Maya Klosterman. And Maya Klosterman is someone who was brought to my attention thanks to Brad Haig once again. Brad Haig is, like, the best person on earth. And he has helped me with this show incredibly. Pitching me guests who all want to be on the show and be interviewed. He's wonderful. I can't say enough nice things about Brad. Now, Maya is the lead singer of the band The Hits, and The Hits are a great band. I hadn't heard them before, you know, getting together on this show, but after listening to them, they are an awesome, awesome, rocking, face-melting band that happened to be all-female. Now, I say they happen to be all-female on purpose, because one of the things that we talk about on this show is sort of the stigma, maybe, and maybe stigma is the wrong word. But Maya talks about the sort of subtle sexism that occurs. You know, it's like, oh, you guys are an all-female band. I didn't expect to like you that much. Or, wow, you guys write all your own songs. It's this very subtle way that patriarchy asserts itself. And it's a hard thing to undo. And that's the type of sexism that continues to exist. It's very subtle. It's very beneath the surface. It's very almost polite. It's very backhanded. So when I say the hits are an awesome band, period, end of sentence, full stop. I mean it because I'm working really hard to undo this in any way that I can. We're fighting for equality here. We're fighting for the day when you don't have to say, this is my favorite female band. This is my favorite female comic. Um, She's a brilliant female doctor. No. Okay. This is my favorite band. This is my favorite comic. She is a brilliant doctor. Period. End of sentence. We're working on that. That's not the entire thrust of our conversation, but it is a part of it, and I wanted to draw attention to it because it's important to me. And talking to Maya, it sounds like it's important to her. Now, additionally, we also have a lot of fun on this episode. One of my favorite parts is we talk about vocal drills that she does before she gets ready for a show. 
And I know she told me after the show, she's like, is anyone really going to care about this? Like th- that, that felt weird to me. And I go, no, that's what this show is all about. It's getting to peek through the keyhole and, you know, sort of understand what a performer does before they're going to go on stage and rock a crowd of strangers and get them into the music they're playing. Or, you know, play for fans who are expecting you to come out and melt their faces again. What do you do to get ready for that? And so she takes me through the whole warm-up. We also geek out a little bit. I grew up doing theater. She was in the theater. And so it's it's a lot of fun to connect in that way. Maya is a very talented artist. She's doing incredible work. She's working in film. She's an actor. She plugs some of her projects. And we talk a lot about the hits, how she came to be in the band, how that band name is still available. I have no idea because the hits, great name for a band. So be sure to check them out. All the info about the hits is linked on the John of All Trades website. So go to jonofalltrades.us. You'll find the companion blog piece there. Very nice photo of me and Maya together. Also, you can download this episode on iTunes or Stitcher. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Tell us what you think of the show. And uh, that helps us move up in the iTunes and Stitcher rankings. Now, let's get to episode 122. Maya Klosterman is the lead singer of the band The Hits. We talk theater. We talk music. We talk art. We talk feminism. It's a great episode. I cannot wait to bring it to you. And thus, you shan't wait anymore. Episode 122 starts right now. There's rumors that that place is haunted, Dickens Opera House, so I was hoping to see some ghosts, but I didn't see any. Yeah, well, hopefully none of them are, like, messing with your equipment or anything like that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, everything <laughs> sounded nice. They must have some sort of protection on there. Yeah, no kidding. It was after I did the Patrick Sheridan episode Oh yeah. that uh, Brad Haig, who's been on the show, like, three times. Oh, he's so cool. Yeah, once after the 48-hour film project, once for Real Nerds, and then yeah. once when we were talking about uh, JCVDDV. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. I loved that. That was such a good. I know. So goofy. Like, but that's Brad. You know, Brad is just such an incredible artist. And as long as we're talking, I mean, I'll give him a plug for nebulousvisions.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because. uh, I've done a spoof trailer with him. Oh, no kidding. Last time I. uh, Actually, I think it's the first time I actually personally worked with him was. uh, Okay. I've seen him a bunch of times. I know him through the film soon a lot, but we did this uh, spoof trailer for Braveheart. Called it Raveheart. With Zach Eason, and so that was pretty funny. You should check it yeah, out. Yeah. Totally. But Brad recommended that he, he pitched me a bunch of people that are like in his orbit. Mm-hmm. So he recommended that I get in touch with you, and that's, that's how this awesome. came about, which is fantastic. So Maya Klosterman, in here in my basement, uh, lead singer of the hits, actress. Uh, you do all sorts of stuff. We became friends on Facebook after Brad recommended that we get together and it looks like you always got something going on. <laughs> yeah, I keep myself pretty busy. I I like to do a lot of things, so I try to keep it all keep it all going. <laughs> well, yeah. Um I mean, and that's that's kind of what it is to live in society nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a I have a full-on day job that's successful and just giving Brad another plug. He did the logo for John of All Trades. Oh, nice. And for Deft Communications, so which oh, wow. produces this show, um which is my company and Brad's doing logos for me for one of my clients. But my point is, it's weird like doing this show. I I started this show when I still had my corporate gig. Oh, wow. And I feel like everyone that I know is doing so many things at once. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like uh, I like to do a lot of things and I have worked a lot my whole life doing all sorts of things. And I don't, 
I know a lot of people say you shouldn't do too much at once, but I like to. I like to do everything I like to do. Well, why not, right? Yeah, I it mean, makes me happy. Yeah, totally. And and if it's fun and you enjoy doing it, go for it. You, you only get it one time, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. So you studied at UNC. Yep. Right? And mm-hmm. um, were you theater major? I was a theater major for a semester, and then I ended up switching to psychology and then... Yeah, college was a weird road. I I was a theater <laughs> studies major, and then you know Which I wasn't UNC sure about it. UNC is a good it. program for that, right? Uh yeah, uh, ish, <laughs> ish. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Um, but uh, I don't know. Some things went down, and I wasn't totally sure about it right. back when I was eighteen. So I switched to psychology, and then a couple years after that, all of my electives ended up being music. Oh, so nice, I was nice. like, I'm just going to add the music minor on there. I've been doing music my whole life. I, most of my electives are music. I was halfway to a minor anyway. So wow. I was there for another like two years, part-time student, just finishing up the music minor. So nice. I added that, slapped that guy on there at the end. <laughs> so why not? <laughs> yeah, totally. Would you consider, is, is the hits the thing that keeps you the busiest or like, is it acting? What, what would you say is your primary? This past year, it has been the hits. The hits have kept me the busiest this past year just because we've had this really cool wave and this really cool energy and more attention and people gravitating towards us. And it's like all this hard work we've been working on is finally starting to pick up. And so this past year, yeah, I've kind of taken a little bit of a break from going as hard on the acting side, but I found that it's usually in waves. So usually there'll be a wave of like a lot of music and I'll get really busy with that. And then that'll kind of relax and then I'll get a wave of film and a wave of all the, all kinds of different things. So like, like this time last year, I was actually more busy with film because I was just cast on a couple projects and they were cool. pretty awesome and one of them is going to be finishing up. So, yeah, it's just whatever comes and goes. It's just I like to keep myself busy. So if one thing slows down, I tend to find a way to fill up my time with the oh, other. Yeah, of course. Um, what kind of projects are you are you working on in terms of film? Uh, in terms of film right now, I am in uh, I just finished last year. We finished filming a film called Z-Rex. Okay. And that's the one that I'm the most excited about because they're finishing up a lot of the editing and it was a lot of green screen and a lot of stuff like that. And so it's awesome. It's a, you know, go check it out on Facebook because it's like a zombie dinosaur. And <laughs> it was a great time. You know, I filmed it in Colorado Springs and everybody in the cast is amazing. It's nice. one of those cool cool things where the whole cast is really who are you working awesome. with on that um it was milko davis and i think uh, it's called cyclops dome productions nice and uh rosales um amin was in it and shale page and um we had rocky pennington who's a U- um, ufc fighter nice. and yeah and we have uh so we were separated by millennials and then so all the people i worked more closely with it was uh, adam singer and ben johnson and nicole Goeki, I'm sorry if I messed up your last name, Nicole. I love you. I'm sorry. But we all had a great time. We had so much fun just, you know, being well, a bunch of awesome it, people goofing it, around. <laughs> totally. As someone whose last name is Ekstrom, it's never spelled right. Uh, um, it's some people, for whatever reason, think there's an L in it. So I get called Elkstrom all the time. Elkstrom. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which uh, is weird. But, you know, uh, you were mentioning to me sometimes you get uh, people are like, are you related to Chuck Klosterman? <laughs> uh, yeah. Right? The author. No. <laughs> and you don't even pronounce it that way, do you? No, no. I pronounce it Klosterman. And That's people, what it looks yeah. like to me, though. What's crazy to me is that when I tell people out loud, like if they're writing it down, what's your last name? I'll say Klosterman and they automatically put a C. <laughs> Which is so weird. I'm like, all right. And then I'll, and then they'll read it and they'll think it's Klosterman. And I'm like, I don't understand how the K and the C change the O sound. (laughs) 
but whatevs. No. Yeah, hey, whatever. My first name is the one I get the most um, mispronounced because I spell it M-I-A, but right. it's pronounced Maya. But oh yeah. yeah, I don't give people a hard time about that because I understand that it's spelled that way. Until I, if right. I've met you a few times, I'll be like, hey, come on. <laughs> uh, well, it's like me. My name has no H, and oh. people I've known for years will try to put the H in it constantly. <laughs> you know, they'll be like, oh, like I'll get emails from people I've done business with for years. And it'll be like, hi, John, J-O-H-N. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, and it, it occurred to me recently, it might be autocorrect. Oh, it up yeah, for me. probably. That's my dad's name and he spells it with an H too. Yeah. So he spells well, it Jim. But... I'm a Jonathan. Oh, okay. So technically, at some point I stopped fighting people who shortened yeah. it for me. Well, at least I don't see it and they're not like, is it Yon? <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, you're like, oh, yes, indeed. It, it is. I'm Yon. <laughs> but uh, how'd you get hooked up with the hits? Oh, okay. So it's actually through film. So one of my first film sets ever, actually the first film set I ever did, I was just an extra. It was really random. And I met a makeup artist there named Corey Bryant. I'm sure a lot of you know who she is. Right. She's very, very well known in the Denver scene. But she actually knew the Kristen, our drummer, who put the whole band together, nice. that they were looking for a singer. And she just tagged me in a post. And it was really random. I wasn't actually, I hadn't sang in a really long time. I hadn't really looked into writing or being in a band. And I just saw that post and I was like, sure, I'll go try out. Why not? <laughs> what the hell, right? Yeah, why not? And so I went and I auditioned and actually the day of my audition, I love, we love this story because it's funny. The day of my audition, I was just filming. I told them, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm coming from a film set where I'm playing a serial killer, crazy chick. And my makeup was all crazy. And I was like, you know, I learned my hair was all messy, which Corey did too. Pretty good. Yeah, of course. Crazy makeup, crazy hair. And I just walked in and I was like, Please excuse. I don't look like this all the time. It's just for a film. And they were like, do you want to wash it off or anything? I'm like, nah, let's just do this. Let's just go. It's not affecting my voice. <laughs> yeah, like, let's do it. And then so, I don't know, I guess uh, they liked that. And... Well, sure. I mean, you, you come in with, <laughs> with no pre like no pretense about you, right? Yeah. You know, you're just like, hey, look, you're going to like the way I sing or not. That's true. You and... know, it should be the focus should be on, you know, your music ability, I think. And totally. And... I liked them instantly. We had a great vibe instantly. It was a great energy. It was a bunch of cool, chill chicks. Yeah. I know a lot of people like to push stereotypes on us. I'm like, dude. If I'm honest, I hear more drama from the male bands, man. No. <laughs> so, like, what do you mean? Like, what kind of stereotypes do people put on you? Oh, they all—they often ask, like, oh, that's got to be hard with a lot of women, oh, or God. that's got to be hard with, uh, you guys got to have a lot of drama. I'm like, I mean, not really. It's or like, oh, are you catty? Like, yeah, uh, like, no, not really. I mean, if we do, we, we talk through it and work it out. We actually have, like, meetings and work through stuff. But, right. You know, but it's nothing out of the ordinary for any band. Right. I mean, and that's such a, like... That's such a lazy, tired cultural stereotype that it's like why like why would you say that to a group of women like, at, uh, as a, <laughs> you know as opposed to you know like any band because right. bands go through shit. They're in a it's relationship hard. with you know multiple people no matter right. what you know so it's hard <laughs> and you know you have different needs and wants and you know different styles and it it's so funny thinking about the idea of auditioning because this band how long had the band been together? They were together before I had auditioned. It was. Um, I think they were together about two years, maybe two yeah. and a half years before I auditioned. And then I've been with the band about two and a half years now. Nice. Yeah. All right. Me and Kimber, we joined our rhythm guitar because yeah. the person that had left the band did rhythm guitar and sang. Oh, wow. So they were okay. looking for both. Sure. Um, and they liked us both. And that's us. <laughs> we, <laughs> we both joined at the same time. And That's awesome. Yeah. So what um, when you auditioned, what did you sing? 
Uh, they actually had me prepare uh, Weezer's Say It Ain't So. Okay. And they they used to do the cover um, F.U. by CeeLo Green. Yeah, yeah. And so they had me learn you that one. You can swear on this podcast. Oh, I can't. Okay. I was like, I wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> you saw the cog turning. I'm like, I don't no, know no, if I should say it. It's, it's the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the song, <laughs> Fuck You by CeeLo Green, uh, they had me prepare that one. And I remember like listening to Say It Ain't So, and it's one of those, I mean, I don't know how many vocalists out there but it's one of those he has one of those voices that for a female it it's too high or too low it's kind of in a really? weird point in the range yeah where to hit some notes you have to sing really high it's just there are some male singers out there that it yeah. kind of is some parts it's like you either have to sing really low to hit that or really high wow and i remember being like this is an odd song to t- to pick vocally but i'll do it yeah. whatever and apparently they said everybody said the same thing huh. they came in yeah so i remember that was like but now every time i hear that song on the radio it reminds me of when i auditioned well so. sure and you know if you have satellite radio uh they play it all the time yeah like, it's a good it, song i like weezer yeah <laughs> i mean it, it's hard not to like weezer right um, some, of their, so cool. some of their newer stuff i'm not as much mm, into yeah but you know i'm old and crusty that way <laughs> crusty <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I want to say I was in like junior high when uh, that first Weezer album came out. So yeah. like Buddy Holly, and really, say wow. it ain't so. Because uh, yeah, that one with um, Beverly Hills, I was probably in middle school. Okay, wow. And I that's when I like you know it was the first time I was really exposed to it. So then that's when I looked up more of their other stuff. But that like album, it, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, old and crusty. That's, <laughs> that's the way we roll here on the podcast. But yeah. um, and what I've learned because it's it's been a while since I've interviewed anyone from a band. Yeah. Right. And I used to do that uh, a lot when I was in college, but. The thing about when you interview a band that you get more than anything else is you get a vibe from them immediately. Yeah, for sure. I remember there was this band that came in one time to the studio and they were late and they were clearly pissed at each other. Oh no. That's, that's unfortunate. They were very, uh, they were very nervous about this interview, which I thought was weird. I'm like, you guys go up and play your art (laughs) in front of strangers. This is just a conversation with me. Oh yeah. It's so, it's so diff. I I can understand. I I like to talk. I like to do interviews, but I know everyone else. I know that like I, I talk a lot and I like it, but I know I've talked to some people in the music scene that are like, on stage, I'm different, yeah. and then in person, I'm more introverted, so I can get the difference. All of our band, I think, we like interviews, so. Gotcha. Yeah. As I was talking to them, I'm like, you guys are going to break up. Like, Oh, I, no. Like, I get, and it, oh. don't weep for them. They sucked. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. I, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to slag who it is. Like, okay, uh, yeah, I'm like, mic. no names, no names. And <laughs> P.S., this was now 14 years ago. And this was a band out of San Francisco anyway. So this is no one, anyone who's listening to this would even know or remember or give a shit about. (laughs) Um, But I was listening to them and I'm like, yeah, you guys, you guys are going to be done here shortly. I never followed up though. I never found out if they actually did break up. Yeah. Maybe they changed some people because sometimes that goes on too. Like the first form of a band, you know, there's just a couple missing links and then you just got to... It's a ma- like it's a magical thing how our band came together. A lot of that went down, yeah. you know. There was a lot of history, a lot of different links li- leaving until we finally fit together right. in the awesome five cog piece that we are now. And somehow that magic happened where we all fit together well, and it's yeah. it's an amazing magical thing, and, and it's rare. Totally, and especially when a band changes the lead singer. Yeah, you know that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know the the lead singer, the the front person is you know, who people probably immediately think of when they think of a band, 
right? And I think one of my favorite bands growing up was this band Zebrahead. Zebrahead, yeah, I've heard of them. Um, and they lost their lead singer, this guy Justin, who went on to uh, – he started this band called I Hate Kate. Oh, yeah, and, I know that band too. Yeah, yeah, so he used to be lead singer of Zebrahead. They brought yeah. in this guy Maddie. And Maddie vocally, I didn't like as much, but it was almost like a better vibe from the band. Yeah, like, they all seemed to it's have so a much, lot more yeah. fun. It's so. I know a lot of people. I mean, as a musician, I'm very like. I have a lot of all-encompassing styles and things that I look at when I look at music. And right. If I don't like the energy from a band, like I have a hard time getting into your music. Totally. You know? It's a hard thing to to get into if I'm yeah. not into like the vibe, especially watching a live performance. That's so important for me. Yeah, one hundred percent, and that's that's one of those things that's hard to quantify. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's hard to it, it's hard to talk about. There, there's a quote from this movie, and it's probably a famous quote that I cannot remember. <laughs> but one of my wife's favorite movies is called Playing by Heart, and it's got Angelina Jolie when she was much younger in it, and like Sean Connery's in it, and there's there's all these people in it, and it's really good. But she says talking about music is like dancing about architecture, hmm. which I thought was an interesting quote. That is interesting, yeah, because. It's hard to talk about music, you know, like yeah. you, you can, but it, you don't you, you don't capture yeah, it the way music compels you and propels you. And yeah, it's you definitely feel. not the same as like listening to it or playing it. Yeah. Writing it. It's and, very different. And it's funny because I can talk about music all day. Yeah, same. I, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I have vinyl upstairs. Uh, I used to work in college radio, so I have a lot of opinions when it comes yeah. to music, right? Yeah. Which I'm sure you do too. Oh yeah, you you uh, have to. You grow, and then you grow when you've gone to school for it too. I mean, yeah. there's a whole other world of opinions that come from a classical, like trained and classically like educated right. side, and those people. So it's like all so many different opinions, right? Are formed. It's crazy. So I'm not going to ask you the the cliche question of <laughs> who your influences are, right? Oh. Um, but what I will ask is, who in the musical scene? have you sort of taken inspiration from in terms of the way that you approach, you know, doing a song, the way you approach how you are on stage. Okay. And then who are, who are some people that you just like to listen to that are almost outside of, you know, what people might think of as contemporaries to the hits. Okay. So are you talking more on like the current, like local scene? Or? It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. How, however, however you want to, mm. I guess, answer that question is okay with uh, me. Well, the first like the first way I heard that question was like the current local scene, mm. and I guess on the current local scene, man, there's so many awesome people. But uh, I've really liked Scarlet Canary. I'm very. I think she has a great vocal style. Nice. Hannah Maddox, the lead singer, and I like that their energy up there. And yeah, I think they'd be fun to play a show with. Guys, let's do it. <laughs> no, no, we were talking. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. No, I think they're really fun to watch. But then, as far as like personalities out in the scene. There's this man, Bryce Hancock. He's very supportive of, of people. And there's another band called Past of Ashes with Ash, Ashes. With, <laughs> sorry, Past of Ashes. <laughs> they have a really cool vibe and they're really supportive and they're a really cool, like, group. I think that they just have a really cool connection together that I enjoy seeing. Nice. And enjoy watching that I really like and support. I'm like, I really like their vibe together. Nice. And so that's what I really enjoy about them. And the singer's really cool. So those are some cool, like, and there's so many more bands I could shout out to, guys. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm drawing some. <laughs> well, it's funny. <laughs> it, how about in terms of, like, you know, like, national acts? Like National acts? Uh, I'm really, I really love Paramore. Yeah. I like them a lot. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. terrific. They're my favorite band. I actually just did a cover 
of one of their songs. Which song? Uh, the only exception. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm teaching myself piano by playing covers, so I'm like, I don't know. I'm not a great piano player, but right. I really just love that song. So yeah, no, yeah. I'm personally really inspired by her stage presence and her vocals. Oh yeah, know? she's dynamite. Yeah, I mean, just she... all she influenced me like the whole time I trained my voice in high school. You know what nice. I mean? Like, very inspired by her and her stage presence and everything she does. I like Gwen Stefani's presence too. Back yeah. more when she was in No Doubt towards the end there, I really right. liked her presence in that time. But I like her vocal uniqueness. Yeah. I really like them a lot. The, yeah. I mean, the thing about, and, you know, having listened a little bit to you guys, the thing, uh, the Paramore comparison is really good because your voice, like hers, is is feminine and powerful. You know what I mean? Like, there's... Thank you. Yeah, there, <laughs> I appreciate and, that. And there's a real, like, punchy energy to it, but, like, a re- almost like an elegance that underlies it, you know? It's probably all the vocal lessons, the boring part <laughs> of voice, no? <laughs> is it really? Yeah, I, I would say because you learn a lot of control. Amy Lee, I think, has a lot of that same okay. control. So, okay, talk to me about vocal lessons because <laughs> that that's something that I haven't really done. Like, how how do you train your voice to 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 be a certain way? I, like, what goes into vocal lessons? Well, um, I've been taking several different lessons from several different teachers, and I've been in a lot of choirs. So, there's a lot of different ways you get taught to do things, but you learn how to breathe. This is just really. This is basic the short stuff. and dirty version, yeah. Right. So you learn how to breathe, and that's one of the biggest things, I okay. think, especially if you want to have power. You need to learn the correct pl- way to place your voice, right? the correct direction of flow of air. Wow. But you also need to learn the correct way to breathe and the correct okay. way to control that breath. Like from the belt? Like, yeah, so from your right. diaphragm, but a lot of people kind of, you, you push from your diaphragm, but you push from the lower part and you push like in and up. Okay. You know, it's got to be like a... Yeah, I mean, that's some technical stuff. No, and I mean, as someone who does, uh, like, I, I've never applied it to singing, but I do a little bit of that when I'm training people to do public speaking. Yeah, that because makes sense. Because there are people who will try and raise their voice but do it all from their throat, and they mm-hmm. burn out. Yeah, that's great. That's just like singing. A lot of people do the same thing. Right. They push from their throat, and they're not using that support from their lower half, and I think that's one of the first big things in singing that people gotcha. – that people can learn from. And when you have the right breath control, you can sing quiet and still maintain and still hold true as long as you can control that breath. Interesting. That's almost counterintuitive to people where it's like Mm -hmm. you're, you're breathing from much lower than you're used to breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you do that, it's almost like you can't not do it. Yeah. And once I've taught someone how to do that, they have trouble modulating their voice like in normal conversation at first yeah. <laughs> um, because it's all coming from much deeper and they have a lot more power then. Yeah. And I know I had this tip from an old choir teacher when I was younger that like you breathe the most correctly the way if you've never done it before, if you've never felt this breathing, laying flat on your back on the ground and kind of seeing yeah. the natural flow of like how your stomach kind of moves because yeah. the thing people do is they kind of breathe up top and they move their shoulders and yeah. To try and yeah, it's just learning your body and getting used to it is probably one of the biggest things. But there's so much more that gets involved, like later on in different levels and different types of lessons too. Sure, that sounds fascinating. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I that's what this show is. I love getting into the nitty gritty. Like, yeah. how, how does this stuff actually work? Yeah, you told me you weren't actively looking to like join a band or yeah. like get back into singing. Uh, how was it? Like getting started, and what was that first show like? Getting back on stage. Well, uh, so. It, it ties into back to how I kinda changed from theater. I kinda went through this whole it was a it was a breakdown on me where I didn't believe in myself and I quit everything for a while. Oh yeah. Including singing. 
Um, which I mean, I needed to do to go through some other life experiences, but I'm glad I, I knew what it was like to live without it. Cause now I don't ever want to do that again. Sure. But so I went through that. And so the first time I decided to sing again, it was, uh, it was kind of weird cause I hadn't done it in a while, yeah. but it was, you know, I still had it all in there. Yeah. Um, and it was still something in the back of my mind I always wanted to do. Like okay. way back in there, I knew I wanted to do it. So like when you, I, you never yeah. cast it fully away. Yeah, and so when I started practicing the songs, I was. It felt like it felt like I was right again. It felt yeah. great again, and I knew after even practicing for that audition that uh, I should start singing more, regardless of what happens here. Yeah, I knew that. Okay, and so that first show, it just I don't know. It felt it felt like I was finding myself again. Were you home? Is that a good way of putting? Yeah, it, it was a good way of putting it because I don't know. I. I spent most of my childhood doing different variations of things on stage, whether it be plays, talent shows, performing songs. Like I spent my whole childhood on stage. And so it felt like, yeah, it did. It felt like home and it felt like I was finding that other part of myself again. You know, it felt like I was finding myself and I was finally on the right track. Wow. That's a powerful feeling. Yeah. It it was great. It was amazing. It, It was It's indescribable. That's the best way I can describe it. Ineffable. There we go. Yeah, I like that. It's ineffable. So were you doing like, as a kid, were you doing regional theater and stuff like that or? Uh, not regional. Th- I, I did a lot of, uh, I grew up in a small mountain town, so I did a lot of like the local, gotcha. the local, you know, Jones Theater down the street right. in Westcliff, a lot of those plays with the Westcliff Center of Performing Arts, did nice. a lot of those and every play I could audition for, I did. I remember in middle school, I auditioned for the high school plays Sweet. and got to do little parts in the high school plays and stuff like that. So That's fun. Yeah. So I just, you know, I did a lot of like church singing, you know, like church. every singer. I sing in church. Yeah, I sing in right. church. <laughs> that basic. I sang in church. I took lessons. You know, it's well, all that where else do you really like? That's a great place to get at bats. Yeah, like, it's a great, it's a great place to perform in front of people. Yeah, yeah, because and and it's a regular gig too, which is the amazing part. There aren't that many other regular gigs like that. No, no, uh, it's especially when you're a kid. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, when I was a kid, so I did, I was an improv like in middle school and then did theater in high school. I did drama camp at the Arvada Center. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, That's did, awesome. Did that two or maybe, yeah, it was two years. So that was like all summer. That was really fun. Um, so I can totally like relate to what you're talking about. Yeah. This, uh, like my upbringing was very similar. The, uh, the only thing that's different is I had no singing chops. <laughs> yeah. So like I just didn't. Yeah. Um, I had to a little bit of drama camp and they brought that out of me and I learned how to match pitch. Yeah, that's, that's a bit, really big <laughs> step though. Sometimes that's hard for a lot of people. Like it's hard to train your ear if you don't have that, you know, or you never yeah. tried that before. Yeah. And you're right. It, that's, that's more of an inside baseball term than I think uh, I want to give it credit for. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it was, it was something we had to learn and. I got to where I was passable at it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I mean, at least in like high school theater, I noticed, you know, it's like if you can sing on pitch, you can get some really sweet comedic roles in the musicals <laughs> right. for sure. Cause it's not like everyone's right. expecting you to be the like lead soprano with this perfect <laughs> angel voice. Like you're, if you're the comedic role and right. you know, if you're like nicely, nicely Johnson for right. guys and dolls or something. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is a great role, you know, that's fun. Or, you know, maybe you can play Harry the horse or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, it, because yeah, you're not doing the heavy lifting of the singing. You yeah. Know? You're yeah. not Nathan Detroit. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> so, which that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, something I'm always curious about when I talk to performers, to what extent do you have stage fright? Any? Uh, I have a lot of like nerves before I get on stage. Yeah. So a lot of it, 
I think of it as my version of myself on stage is a different version of myself. I'm almost a different person. And it's I know like a lot Plato's of, fractured self. Yeah. It's like a different, like a, a different part of myself. So once I'm up there, that offstage regular everyday Maya that's nervous isn't up there. Yeah. It's not the same person almost. Okay. It's a different version of myself. Yeah. So a lot of my nerves, I'll be driving to the venue and I'll be sitting sure. in the car with my boyfriend Spencer. Like, I'm nervous. Yeah, because you're regular Maya. <laughs> yeah, right? like, I'm nervous. Yeah. Uh, I'm really nervous. And then I'll be there and, like, I, you know, I get like, I, I get really quiet before the shows and, you know, I go warm up and I get in the zone. And then once I get on stage, it's like, I'm not nervous anymore. You're like, I'm cool. It's like, step on there and it's like a totally different feeling. That's awesome. That's about what I'd expect, especially, you know, because if you're going up there, People expect to see, or people want to see, like a rock star. Yeah, you know they don't I mean? want to see me awkwardly talking about <laughs> right. weird crap up there. They want to see me being a rock star. <laughs> right, and and you know, people like to give rock stars crap. You know, like that. You know, they're self involved or they're self indulgent. But I would argue that a lot of the times when you're seeing that, it's it's hard to when you enact that persona and people expect that persona it's hard to almost distance yourself from it when you're in a normal situation. Yeah. And, well, yeah, I guess. Um, like if you're, you know, if you're Mick Jagger or something. Right. You know, people expect to see you duck walking through the supermarket or something, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, and it, it's almost like it's one of those things where the public doesn't know what it wants uh, yeah. at, at times. Yeah. Um, but you go to a show, it's like, okay, you should command the stage. Yeah. And I just think it's, I don't know, I guess I, I remember growing up, I used to try and think like, what do I want people to see me as? What do I want to be? And now I've kind of just been like, I'm just going to be myself. But I mean, that's, I get up there, yeah. I can't help but be another version of myself. Sure. And when I see you in person, I'm going to be myself. Yeah. And, you know, that's just me and you take it or leave it. But I'm always going to be willing to talk to people. I'm not going to be someone you can't come up oh, and talk course, to yeah. at a show. You know, I'm not going to be that kind of rock star you know i'm gonna be chill and i'm gonna give you advice if you need it or yeah. help if you need it or i'm gonna support you whenever i can that's really cool one of the things i talked about with adam kate and holland down here was after after a show because i did a lot of corporate trainings and that was as close to being on stage like as as i was getting at that point but i'm in front of people i'm the subject matter expert i'm answering their questions i'm keeping people engaged to whatever extent entertained when I'd get done with that, I'd almost have like this huge adrenaline dump and I would almost like go into a funk mm, like after, yeah. a, after doing a training. Does yeah, that happen to you after doing a show? Um, I guess the adrenaline kind of sticks with me though. It's usually after a show you get kind of like a lot of people come talk to you and it yeah, kind of right. still feels like you're on stage. Oh, a little so you're bit. still riding the, yeah, kind of, you bit. still got that energy from the crowd kind of going on right. that people come up and talk to you. But definitely after, Anything, I, once I go home, I'm like, I, I do get that feeling where it's just like, you're empty now. You yeah. need to recharge. <laughs> yeah, totally. It definitely happens to me. Even like, I'll go to premieres or film events and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, movie star Maya. And then I go home, I'm like, oh gosh, I need to just, <laughs> I need to chill. There's a lot of people around me last night, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. After I would do a training, I'd always try and go to the gym instead of like immediately starting to drink or something. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's like, it's like, I gotta, first of all, you're wired. You know, when you're on and you're you're enacting this persona, you're on a little bit. So you go, okay, I got to unplug. I got to rewire a little bit. I started going to the gym instead of just like going to the bar. And that really yeah. helped. Yeah. I don't think I could go to the gym after a show. Cause I'll it's... bet not. <laughs> 
Plus, uh, you know, it's part of, I know I, I like, I like drinking, but, uh, it's also, I feel like it's part of the image. Once I, I don't drink before I go on. I'll drink like a band right. shot or maybe one beer or something, but I'm sure. drinking water all day. Didn't drink the night before. I'm preparing all day. Wow. And so, but after I'm off stage, it's like, I feel like it's part of the thing. Like, I'll drink a little, you know, sure. drink. You know, people are, you know, you get free drink tickets too when you play. So. Well, totally. <laughs> and I mean, we're talking about the difference between corporate training and pl- and like <laughs> playing in a rock band. So those should necessarily be different, I would think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I feel like it's a celebratory thing. I'm like, yeah. Totally. Yes, yeah, We did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh we came up here, we've rocked the house. Let's uh, let's have some drinks. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine at a corporate event you'd be like, Oh yeah. And yeah. probably it's probably not so much at night, is it? No, no. Yeah. It's like uh we'd wrap up trainings in the middle of the afternoon. Oh yeah, okay. And yeah. uh so I'd be done by that point, so I'd have like the rest of the day. And then you go yeah, drink you go. at night. Um, You're like, yeah, I'll go to the gym and then I'll drink. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, it's either that or sit alone, bored as hell in your hotel room. Yeah, yeah, that is boring. Because <laughs> uh, I was, you know, I was going to different parts of the country for that. Take me through what, uh, so you mentioned you don't drink the night before a show. No. I mean, is that for the sake of your voice? Is that for the sake of your health? Is that? It's for the sake of my voice, yeah. Okay. Um it's better to not drink and dehydrate your, it, it dehydrates your vocal cords. It's just not good. Mm. It's not it's not good for your voice to be drinking a lot the night before a show, but some people do it. It's no judgment there. It's just personally, I feel a difference and I personally don't like doing it, but if someone else drinks it, I don't care. Like you do you. I I just personally (laughs) feel a difference. It's almost like a ritual now. It's almost like a good luck thing for me, Wow. you know? So it's just, I, you know, I'll drink water all day the day before that. And then Mm. I'll drink water all day the day of and tea. And you know, I just, that way, that way I can use the water from yesterday and today and right. nothing got in between to kind of dehydrate and put yeah. any sort of weird undue stress on my vocals. Wow. Okay. So take me through what, um, let's say you have a gig, you have a show that you're doing. Take me through sort of what a day is like, you know, uh, people think the life of a band is very glamorous, just like, the, <laughs> just like, they yeah. think, uh, you know, people think everything is more glamorous than it actually is. Yeah. But so what is uh, a day of sort of routine like for the hits as you as you all get ready? Well, um, I know I, we all kind of stay in our own houses and we meet up at the venue for sure. Yeah. But I know. So like what, yeah. what time does that usually happen? Like uh, how far before a show are you getting to the venue? I like to try and get there right around during the first band set at least. OK. Yeah. And then if we're the first band, I like to get there an hour before like when doors okay. open. Uh, yeah, that's what I try to do because gotcha. I, you know, I like a lot of time to be able to kind of get in the feeling and being there and also supporting the other bands. And then I usually about forty-five minutes to an hour before we go on, I like go seclude myself and warm up. So I like mm. to be able to see people before I go run off. So what kind of warm ups? Uh, oh yeah, um, I go through well, my personal theory of warm-ups i like to start light and then kind of get heavier but not you never want to push too hard on a warm-up no no i like you know i start with lip trills because it's the easiest way to warm up that part of your face that's right around your nose kind of where your sinuses are uh-huh. that's where you get like volume you know it's yeah, where yeah. kind of the loudness resonates so you want to warm up that part's one of the hardest parts to warm up so lip trills lip trills warm up what is that like the oh yeah okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> So you do that, and you'll feel if you try it, you can feel it vibrating like that part. You can feel that, like you touch your nose. And, oh yeah, yeah, touch your. You feel it because your voice will automatically rise to that spot. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, it'll automatically rise there. So you warm up that part, and I do that up and down the scale. I do all my warm-ups all the way up as far as I can. <laughs> Relax are, like, easily. And then I go low, I, so I go low. So I start with lip drills, and then I go into... um This is probably so boring for people. <laughs> no, no. Trust me. Uh, I do lip drills, and then I go into humming, which also kind of warms up, but it uh-huh. helps it, you know, kind of get it started. And then I go from there to, like, I do um these little runs where I'm like... Ring I'm not gonna get too crazy. Yeah. I'll do that up and down the scale, and and I just do things like like you know like eventually you do. There's a bunch of different warm ups, but you slowly open up. Like you do more like vowels and stuff, yeah. and you can do like vive va vo vu because the v kind of helps get your sound yeah. in there too. And you just work your way up until you can start <laughs> doing like the really wordy ones where you sing like I love to sing and all <laughs> right. that stuff and you know you work your way up and then i like to end with trills again because i'm the yeah it, well yeah. it it's it it's got it's yeah. a nice circular quality yeah. right? Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i know i just I, I everybody has a different thing but i know i also do like the sirens where you like go all the way down and all the way up and then yeah you know i like to i like to go through that process like kind of bottom up yeah. slowly warm up and like i don't know i think of it like like a flower like i'm slowly opening a flower wow yeah do you, uh, do you have to warm up your body too? Like, yeah. Uh, so I'll like do face stretches. I'll be like lion <laughs> mouse, you know, all those theater oh, yeah. things. And I like to do like the talking warm ups, theater warm ups for my diction too. Right. And right. then, red uh, leather, yeah. Leather. And I, yeah. Yeah. Like the, what did I do to die today? You know, like, oh, God, I yeah, remember that. at a minute or two till two. <laughs> and then I do like the punching, you know, to get yeah. the like diction more snappy to help my diction through when I sing. And then yeah. I, um, you know, I do lion mouse, stretch my face, and then I like, you know, squish it together, and yeah. then I'll I'll stretch a little, and you know, I'll do my stretches, and then I'll breathe. You know, I'll yeah. work on my breathing, and yeah, I do a lot of stuff in there. Oh, you're yeah. bringing me back. <laughs> oh, this is good stuff. Yes. Uh. <laughs> so all that typical stuff, you know, because I I was raised, I did, I was classically trained vocally, and yeah. I did a lot of choir. Okay. So like. All of that stuff, like the hand motions to help you hit notes, I do all that typical stuff you see. It's not, it's not glad. It's just you know, any every vocalist probably knows exactly what I'm talking about. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and that's one of the things I'm interested in is, you know, so much of like in the rock milieu is still comes out of like classical training, and it's it's one of those things that I think is underrated, and you know. Anytime, if I read a lot of biographies, and I love musician biographies especially, you know, you'll you'll read stories about Axl Rose, like, after a show, just, like, smoking cigarettes and, you know, drinking champagne. He's like, but my throat hurts, so I had to cut the set short tonight. It's like, well, yeah, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, yeah, I I like champagne, yeah, Yeah. for sure. I don't smoke, but I know there are some singers who do smoke, and for me, I can feel, the thing is, I feel the differences, Yeah, but I mean, like I said, no judgments on other people and what their vices are. Well, no, of course, but, uh, you know, you're very attuned to your instrument. Yeah, I'm very picky, and I can, like, (laughs) there'll be times where I'm singing a song, I'm like, oh, geez. (laughs) Really? Yeah, yeah, in the middle of the song, I'm like, oh, no, I don't know what that is. I could feel when it's off, and... I, I know it sounds, I know it sounds like pretentious, but it's just, you know, it's, it's probably like a runner maybe can tell when their legs are weird that day. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't know if it's pretentious. Yeah. I, for people I who, feel pretentious to be saying all this, like, this is all the stuff I do, but like, <laughs> I'm like, I have to, or I feel weird on well, stage. <laughs> it, it's, it's not for nothing though, because yeah. I mean, I, I've written now professionally and on the side I for the last 12 years. Wow. And so 
I'll go back and I can read stuff and I'm like, I misplaced the word here. Like I should have, I should have come at this subject from a different angle. You know, I should have varied my syntax here. Like there's, there's all sorts of minute that go into it. That, yeah. That people are like, what are you even talking about? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. could you, could you sniff your farts and eat your own farts even right, harder uh, here? Nice South Park reference. E- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, look, if you aspire to be good at what you do, if you care about the craft of whatever it is you're good at, whether that's singing, whether that's writing, whether that's, you know, uh, a role that you're preparing for, these are the things that you do to make yourself good. Yeah. And it's also, it becomes kind of like a ritual. gets you in the mind space. Right. It becomes part of like, so I'll close myself off and I'll, I'll go do all my, all the stuff I do and the way that I do it. I go into a basement usually is where the green rooms right. are and I'll just stay there for 15 minutes and like close myself off from everybody. That's good. You know? And I think, I think the closing yourself off and getting prepared thing is a lot of artists probably do that same sort of thing. You know, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Uh, no. No, I I wouldn't expect that you are. So you've been with the hits now for two and a half years. Yeah. And it seems like you guys are on a good upward trajectory. We are, yeah. It feels good. So what do you see for the band this year? Like do you like what are your guys' goals? Like where do you see the band going? Like if you look back on twenty seventeen and you say this year was a success, right? Yeah. What would have happened? Well, I think uh, one thing we'd like to do is get into more bigger shows. I sure. think that's a big thing. Like we like we've been submitting now that we have this EP out. We've yeah. had it out since June. We've been trying to submit to a lot more things, a lot of different shows. You know, we're probably going to start trying to get it more on different radio stations and things like that. Nice. And we just finished recording uh, back in November. We finished recording for a new full length LP. So we're going to work on pushing that and I guess just getting our music out wherever it could go, playing some bigger shows, playing some bigger stages, things like that, I think is a lot of what we want to do. More radio stuff. So if you put the whole band on here, I know they'd be down. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, uh, do you all have designs on a tour? Like, not yet. We're, we're, uh, we've kind of talked about it a little, but our basis, she just had a baby and things like that. So we're pro, we haven't totally talked about a tour, but I think if we want to do a tour, we want it to be, a bigger tour, a longer tour. We want right. all the money to do it like huge. And there are other bands who do like short tours and that's awesome. I love seeing that. I'm very supportive of totally. that too. But I think if we did one, we'd want to save up, get a big van, get it to where we can just leave for like a while, like a whole season, you know, nice. make it huge. But yeah, I think most of what we want to do is push out our music and do what we can in the local scene and maybe do like show based, you know, bigger yeah. shows, bigger festivals, things like that, I think would be cool for us. I think we'd really, we'd really love to do more like festivals and things. Yeah. Since you were an all female band, is there ever reluctance from club owners or anything like that? It's like, Oh, you guys are our chick band or anything like that. Does, does that still exist these days? Or because I know when I was doing this, when there were female bands, um, they encountered some resistance as they were trying to build themselves up. I think, you know, I think it, that that kind of resistance we might get isn't so much not getting booked at shows. Okay. Um, it's more people are more shocked that they like our music. <laughs> people are more shocked that we're talented. Oh, so it's a more people subtle. Are more, like... Yeah, it's more of like a wow, you guys are better than I thought you were, or I didn't expect you to be that good, or right. wow, you guys actually write all your own music, right. um, things like that. Is we get more of those kind of comments. So it's more like it's more like. The patronizing condescension. Yeah, or like they, uh, like they really assume we don't know what we're talking about. You know, things like that. Or they're like, 
you know, it's almost like we've had to work a little harder to earn respect as a band. Right. Yeah. We, I mean, at least since I've been on, we haven't had trouble booking. Maybe they did before I joined. Sure. But, I mean, people ask us to do shows all the time. Now. That's awesome. And a lot more women. There's a lot more women rockers in the scene, too, that I think are pushing towards this kind of like equality in rock. That's good. You know? That's so important. We, yeah. So I think that it's not, it hasn't been a problem booking shows. And especially since, you know, we try to be supportive and support everybody no matter what. Sure. I think that helps because it helps us get our name out. And it's just, yeah. it's an, like, I feel like we've earned more respect as a band that's just a band rather than. Right female being such right. a shocking thing it's like yeah like, like they, females they like a novelty right? yeah so it's like you know we're we write our own music we rock i mean yeah we're not metal sometimes people don't <laughs> like that we're not hard metal but i mean we don't claim to be metal we're rock <laughs> right <laughs> but like some people i think probably would like more metal but i mean we do we we do our thing and we're yeah. rock and we write our own music and i like our music yeah know? Totally. It's it, it reminds me of this conversation I had with um, DJ Aaron Stereo. Oh, yeah. like, do you know her? Aaron Hamilton? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard the, yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she's fantastic. She was on the show. And she said, you know, some people are like, oh, you're a female DJ. And she's like, what I'm does that even DJ. mean? Yeah. Right? And it, it reminds me of this ongoing conversation in comedy. It's like, oh, you know, women aren't funny. Or like, you're my favorite female comic. It's like, no, no. That's one of your favorite comics. Yeah. Like, can, can you lose the qualifier? Like, yeah, because like you don't see a band that's all males, which is and be like, look at there's an all male band. So <laughs> I think that you're we, my favorite dude band. Yeah, like you guys are my favorite guy band. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> I love comedy too, so I'm all about that. I'm like, right. that's just a funny person. Yeah, that's just a funny human, and it shouldn't. The qualifiers, it's it's crazy how much you have to prove yourself just to start losing those qualifiers. Right. Because yeah, it's it's I can't tell you how many times they're like, wow, yeah, I'm surprised how good you guys are. Or like. <laughs> I actually like, and it's like, yeah, I'm glad you liked us. That's great. Right. But I can't wait for the day that it's just, you guys were a great band and I, that's it. I can't wait for you to tell me this in the form of not a backhanded compliment. Uh, right? Yeah. Like that's going to be a great day. Like, and I think that's part <laughs> of like our goals together is like, we're just going to keep doing our best until it's like, you guys were great yeah. as a band. And I like you guys as a band, no matter like, you know, just Here's one of my favorite bands or like here, you yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's just, cool. Just go out and keep melting everyone's faces, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's my goal someday. Just even in whatever I do, like just that there's no qualifiers around it. It's just good as good. And like, that's just a society goal for me. Like, I'd love to see that. Yeah. Be not. And I think in Denver it's becoming less and less shocking because I know so many women who, so many female bands that are out there making a name for themselves. You know, there's rotten reputation. She's mm. awesome. They're awesomely female fronted. There's God, Larissa Vienna and the Strange. There's, you know, Scarlet Canary, like you've seen. There's yeah. the Blackouts. There's, you know, there's a really good cover band out there called the Tatas. Like, there's so many right. female rockers out there now. There's the Anchor, and she's amazingly famous on YouTube for her awesome, yeah. you know, screaming cool skills she can do. And so it's, it's becoming less and less surprising that females are getting more respected just as humans in the <laughs> rock scene, I think. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, you, Every time you think you're like, wow, we've come a long way and you go, there's still a lot of work to do, you know? Yeah. But I, I think by virtue of just doing what you do and, you know, doing it unapologetically. Exactly. I think is awesome. Yeah. And it's it's the type of world that I'm trying to help create for my girls. Cause exactly. I have two girls. I want them to grow up and be able to, if they want to go out and melt people's faces with rock, go I'm do like, it. Yeah. And and I hope there are fewer barriers to them doing that. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, I think it's possible. I think it's definitely something that we're all kind of working towards. And, 
you know, I think we all definitely, definitely are working towards that. And that's right. like our goals. And I know that we, we love being an all female. Like, honestly, this is the perfect place for me because I am, it is a strong thing for me to work on female rights and, yeah. you know, women's rights and equality and everywhere, every single person, no matter, and it's not just for women, it's for, you know, all races, all the all encompassing genders, every single sexuality, everybody, everybody's right. backgrounds. Right. Everyone should be equally represented. It's a big important thing to me. So I love being in an all female band, proving that like, dude, totally. we rock. Yeah. You know, and there's so many rocking females out there, you know, yeah. and there's rocking dudes out there who are supportive too. There's a lot totally. of amazingly supportive men in the scene that just are so supportive of us and the other females that are rocking out there. It's amazing to see. It's it's a great community to be in. That's fantastic and that's encouraging to hear. Do you put any of that like overtly into the songs that you create? Or? I think sometimes we do. we do have a song called Time Bomb that's about like it's kind of one of those sassy like you shouldn't like it's it, it kind of addresses um domestic abuse a little bit like you yeah. shouldn't, you know, mistreat this woman. You don't get to abuse this woman like good kind of thing, but we do have I when I personally write the lyrics, we all kind of have different hands in different songs. Yeah. And when I write ad lyrics to something or when I write something, I noticed I tend to have a pattern of like writing about my own pain and how to overcome it. And I try to write uplifting, powerful things. Uh-huh. So I try to encourage people, to, like whoever listens, I try to encourage them to keep pushing forward. And I try to put a positive push at the end to be uplifting and powerful. And I think just the fact that it's from a female voice, I think, makes a big difference Yeah. for other women and things like that, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think we all try to do that. We all try to add. I mean, we're all really strong females. We're all very strong-minded. We're all very strong-willed. Good. And I think that's just such a huge part of our lives. We can't help but put it in our music. Good. Yeah, well, it it's going to emerge a lot of times whether you want to or not. Sometimes um, sometimes the choices are more intentional. Yeah. Um, and I, that's what I was just curious about. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, we want to make a statement here, and we're going to overtly make that point to you. Sometimes the themes just emerge on their own. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it... And sometimes it's a little both. Yeah, it's, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that um, part of us wanting to just be, like, seen as equal is, like, we're not trying to, like, hit the nail on the head too hard. Right. I mean, it's not something we're not trying to do. It's like if right. there's a song that arises and we feel really like this song, we feel this way about it, we will drive that in. But yeah. I think we just kind of flow with the natural writing of our music. We want to prove, like, look, we write what we want to write and it's just as good as what you write. Yeah. Whatever we want to do. Well, I mean, to that end, it sounds almost like sort of a Zen process, which is good. Yeah. Like, let it come to you. Yeah. And and don't don't deny the energy that comes your way. Just work with it and channel it, and it'll be true to who you yeah, are. Yeah, definitely. And it's really cool writing with these ladies because um, someone will come in with one thing, and then you know we all put ourselves like all of us kind of add to it. You know, yeah. we all have our own way of adding different things. Whereas like. Our rhythm guitar player, Kimber, and our bassist, Nicole, they come in with a lot of songs that they wrote. Mm. And they'll just come in with, like, you know, their line, their basic thing, and we'll come in and come in with a lot of cool stuff. And they're open to me adding, you know, some higher notes in some places and changing a little bit of the vocals they're okay with. And to add more of my own flair. And then, you know, our our lead guitar player, Tara, adds her lead in, you know, and it it can totally change a whole song. Sure. And you hear them be like, wow, this song would have been totally different if i did it on my own you know which yeah, is totally. all would also would have been amazing because they're really yeah. good songwriters and we're lucky to have them that's fantastic it's uh a quick anecdote i remember uh you know the the metallica song in our sandman yeah yeah it's uh the way it was originally conceived and i heard lars ulrich describe it this way one time he's like we initially played it with a front and a tail a front and a tail a front and a tail that was the riff he's like 
But I, I said to Kirk, I'm like, okay, try it with three fronts and then a tail. And so that's how you get the doon, 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 yeah. doon. So it became iconic. Yeah. And just by changing it up, like the drummer came in and told the guitar players, like, maybe try it this way. And I thought that was, I thought that was fascinating. I never would have known that otherwise. Yeah. And it's, it's cool when you can just kind of give little ideas here and there yeah. and everybody can, you know, do their own little things and it yeah. builds up different sorts of songs and. Yeah, and I like it. I like that kind of process because totally. I know, I mean, maybe there are, I don't know for sure, but I know maybe there are some bands where one person does like all the writing and then you just right. kind of do it, which happens. And that's, you know, there are amazing bands out there that probably do that. But I definitely like that. I feel like being in a band, part of the fun is like doing stuff you can't do sololy. The collaboration. Know? Yeah. Um, okay, last question. It's amazing to me. I'm wearing a shirt right now of the band The Struts, who I really like. <laughs> oh, nice. And it was amazing to me that, that the Struts was available as a name. I cannot believe that the hits, like, I, I can't, are you the first band to have that? You know, I actually don't know that. <laughs> and I, I think we're on the process of making it an LLC and like totally gotcha. copywriting the name. But every time our, our drummer is a lot more into like the legal business yeah. side. She started the band. She's like our business. That's awesome. Like she's our band leader, business woman, you know? Yeah. So she said that every time she's ever looked it up, it's never been taken. That's amazing. Isn't, isn't that it? crazy? Because it's yeah. such a cool name. Yeah. It, it, and it, like, you know, it has multi, it has levels. It has levels and whatever oh, way you want to know what it means, it, that's what it means. <laughs> that's so fantastic. Yeah. It's such a cool name. I was like, I was glad to hear like, that's part of what drove me into auditioning was like, that's right. a cool name for right. a band. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, names are important. Like the hits, that sounds like a band you want to see. Yeah. You Cause know? you know, we are a hit. We hit music, you know, yep. we make music hits. We're from Colorado. That's awesome. <laughs> you guys check all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Um, now's the time in the show uh, where we plug. So uh, where can we find the hits? Where can we find you? Uh, anything you want to plug, do it now. All right. Well, um, the hits, We our next big thing we got going on here is we have a show next Saturday, and it is a benefit show. Let me just look that up. It's a benefit show at Buck and Harley's, and it is for, I just don't want to butcher his name, so I'm going to look up. The benefit. And is this uh, January 28th? Yep, it's January 28th. It is an earlier show, so it's going to be um, at 2 p.m. And it's uh, for the life and memory of Joel Prisonzano. And I'm sorry if I butchered that name, but, you know, he was someone that someone that people knew from our band and were there to help raise some money for him at Buck and Harley's at 2. And then for me personally, I have um, Z-Rex is going to be, it's called Z-Rex, A Jurassic Apocalypse. And I mentioned it earlier. It's a really fun zombie-ish dinosaur type of movie that was a great time (laughs) yeah it's it's awesome it was so much fun to work on and that's almost done being completely edited and there'll be a release here soon i'm i'm assuming sweet and then uh the other exciting thing for the hits is we got to the next round of best of the west so westward's best of the west and we are in the next round sometime in march the dates aren't totally set yet but that's something to look for so yeah, where can we find you on the social media? Oh, um, you can find us on Facebook at the hits, or I think if you look at the little after slash thing, it's the hits three. Okay. And then you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, Spotify, Sweet. iTunes, um, all those places. And if you don't find us as the hits, you'll find us as the hits band. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I will link to all that in the companion blog piece on John of all trades dot us. You can look for that in, uh, on the website, uh, you guys are doing great work. Uh, Thank you. Maya Klosterman, it was a pleasure. Thank you for taking some time out, no sharing problem. with me. Had a great time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, continued success to you. Thank you, sir.
Close the Curtain, episode 122, has come to an end. Maya Klosterman, the lead singer of the hits. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your music, sharing your art, and sharing your story with us. I had a great time chatting with you. Be sure to check out the hits. All the info about them is on the John of All Trades website, J-O-N-of-all-trades.us. We're also on the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Pinterest, all under the same handle, J-O-A-T-Pod. Check us out there. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a snap. Give us a pin. Whatever it is. Do it up. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. I talk about them at length. They will help you in the web space with whatever you need. Running a campaign, building a website, connecting with the people who need to know more about your product or service, 4Degrees will do it for you and do it at a price that is unbeatable. So check them out on the web, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Deft is on the web. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. For real, we're off next week, but I'll be back in two weeks. Episode previews are on Facebook. They go up on Mondays before the show. They give you a snapshot of what to expect for this week's show. New episodes drop on Wednesday. And until I see you back here in two weeks, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.